Well, good evening. If you could take your Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 18. That's Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 18. I want to briefly this evening draw your attention to this short passage. These verses are found in the midst of a sermon preached by Moses as the Israelites were perched at the edge of the promised land. After wandering some 40 years in the wilderness, let us read the passage together. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen. You shall listen to him. This is according to all that you asked of the Lord your God in Horeb on the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear the voice of the Lord my God, let me not see this great fire, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They have spoken well. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for sending the Lord Jesus Christ some 2,000 years ago, Lord, as a baby, to walk this earth. Lord, we thank you that you have not left us to meander, Lord. You've given us guidance in your word. We thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ who, as we're going to see here tonight, you sent us a prophet, Lord, to give us your words. We praise your holy name and we pray these things in his name. Amen. Amen. In this passage, Moses reminds us, reminds the people, that is, of the time at Mount Sinai in Exodus 19 and 20, when God descended upon the mountain and gave the commandments to Moses. It was a fierce, fearsome, fearsome sight that caused the people to fear for their lives. They understood their sinfulness in the light of a holy and righteous God and realized that they needed someone to speak for them lest they die. In these verses, Moses tells the people that God will raise up a prophet from among them to intercede for them. I want you to know and to understand that this prophet is a very specific prophet. I want you to know that he is none other than our Lord Jesus Christ, who was born among the Israelites in the little insignificant town of Bethlehem on the first Christmas over 2,000 years ago. According to Luke chapter 2, this baby, Jesus, grew in wisdom and stature, stature among them. He was the prophet spoken of by Moses. God knew all the people, including us, need, needed a prophet, so he gave his own son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God's greatest prophet. Tonight, I want to briefly give you six reasons why we needed Jesus Christ to be our prophet. Reason number one, Jesus represents God to us. Notice the text, God will raise up a prophet like me. The work of the prophet is to bring the words of God to the people. In the Old Testament, we see many prophets who were raised up by God. But the prophet described in this text is a prophet who will be like Moses. But not only like Moses, he will be even better than Moses. 
this particular prophet, the Lord Jesus, will speak only the words of God. Jesus himself said in John chapter 12 that he speaks only the words that the Father gives him to speak. He said that the Father's commandment is everlasting life. In other words, Jesus gives us the words of everlasting life that emanate from the Father. So we see that Jesus represents the Father from whom flows life eternal. And now we're going to see point number two, that Jesus can be trusted. Again, notice the text. It says that you shall listen to him. Jesus Christ only speaks the Father's commands. He is totally obedient to the Father. In other words, he speaks the words of life that spring forth from the holy God of Israel. These words are righteous words and can be wholly trusted. The writer of Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews chapter 13 that he, that is Jesus Christ, will never leave or forsake us. We can boldly live without fear because our Lord Jesus Christ can be trusted. So we've seen that Jesus represents God to us and we've seen that he can be trusted. Now we see that point number three, Jesus is the truth. Going back to the text, we find the promise, I will put my words in his mouth. In John chapter one, John says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ said in John 14 that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Later in Deuteronomy chapter 18, we see Moses warn the people about false prophets who will presume to speak in the name of God, but will speak false words. Moses tells them that the false prophets will arise speaking perverse things. Paul warns the church of this very thing in Acts chapter 20 when he says that false teachers will arise from among you. But Jesus' words, Jesus' words, are words that come from the Father and are words that we can believe because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we see that Jesus represents God and that he can be trusted and that he is the truth. Now we see point number four, that Jesus brings conviction. Again, we see in the text the words, you shall listen to him. Moses tells the people that this prophet will say words that they will listen to. His words will bring con conviction to the people. In John chapter six, John tells us of, that many of Jesus' disciples in his day walked no more with, it, with him. Peter was asked by Jesus, actually the 12 was asked by Jesus if they wanted to go also. Peter answered that Jesus had the words of eternal life and they had come to believe that he was the son of the living God. God said, God the Father said at the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17 to Peter and others, this is my son, listen to him. On a side note, we should not miss the fact that Jesus brings conviction through changed hearts true conviction. No one, including those 12 disciples, truly believes unless their heart has been changed by Christ himself. In Acts chapter 2, we see the word 
convicting the people spoken through Jesus' apostles. Specifically, Peter stood before the people and told them that God had raised up this Jesus whom they had crucified and made him Lord in Christ. The people were pierced to the heart and 3,000 souls were added to their number. Peter references our, pa our very passage in Deuteronomy 18 while preaching his second recorded sermon in Acts chapter 3. He tells the people that they killed the prince of life instead of a murderer. And many of those who heard those words believed and 5,000 more were saved. So we see that Jesus represents God and we see he can be trusted and he is the truth and he brings conviction. Let us see number five, that Jesus is our refuge and hope. Let us take a further look at the text and notice the people said that they didn't want to see the fire anymore lest they die. In light of the fearful wrath of a holy God, the people understood their sinfulness and their position before God. Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6, Woe is me after seeing the Lord sitting on his throne. He said that he was a man of unclean lips living amongst a people of unclean lips. We are a sinful people who need protection. Our only refuge, our only protection is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Outside of Christ, we have no hope because this world is passing away. But in Christ, we have a hope as an anchor to the soul. The writer of Hebrews says, or describes the true believer's hope in Jesus Christ as sure and steadfast and one that enters within the veil. So we see that Jesus represents God, that he can be trusted, that Jesus is the truth, and that he brings conviction, and he is our only hope and refuge. But we also see point number six, and lastly, Jesus is our righteousness. We see in the text that he shall speak to them all that, that I command him, him. That would be, he would speak all the Lord or God would command him. In other words, this prophet, our Lord, would be perfectly righteous in all his words and deeds. He is the sinless Lamb of God. We can, we can never be righteous because we are a sinful people. The righteousness of God is required to enter the kingdom of God in the presence of God. Those who try to enter on their own righteousness will fall short. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In short, we need the righteousness of Christ to enter the kingdom of heaven. We need to have faith in Christ as our substitute. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul says that he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In this we see the great exchange. Jesus bears the curse for our sin and his righteousness is imputed to us so that we may be called sons of the living God. So in conclusion, we have seen six reasons from this passage why we needed Jesus Christ to be our prophet. I have some questions for you on the night before Christmas in light of this passage of scripture. Number one, is Jesus Christ your representative before the Lord your God? Number two, have you placed your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? 
Number three, do you understand Jesus Christ to be the way, the truth, and the life? Number four, do you see Jesus Christ as your only hope and refuge? Number five, do you see your total need for the righteousness of Christ? I'm certain there are a few of you who answered no to these questions, but please understand that you were undone before a holy God, and you need the righteousness of Christ. Don't let a moment go by without taking heed to these truths. But I trust that most of you, I trust that most of you answered yes, because you have your, you have your anchor and anchor for your soul in the Lord Jesus Christ. I urge you to meditate on these truths as we celebrate Christmas. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, God eternal visited us. This is the glorious truth of Christmas. Let us pray. Our Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for bringing us the truth, Father, in the Lord Jesus Christ, for him being our hope and our refuge, Lord, and for him being our righteousness. We just thank you and praise you that we can stand before you and, Lord, that we can have proper fear of awe of the Holy One of Israel. We just thank you and praise you again in Christ's name. Amen.